Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home services marketplace, and they're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie's helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. My latest project, tree trimming for our phone lines into the radio show. I mean, any home improvement you need, Angie can help you find the best price for your project. Angie lets you request and compare quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. Angie has cost guides that tell you what others have paid for similar projects, both nationally and in your area. Get started at Angie.com, that's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. The app and the website is free to use. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? (laughs) Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. What? Oh, time, yeah. Time for happy hour again? Oh, right. Again. Listen, do you, do you know who runs the world? Girls. World, Heard that. Yeah, yeah. Between uh, Liz Cheney this week, uh, Fawny Willis, uh, Letitia James, you name it, right? Lisa Monaco at the Justice Department. Yep, yep. Reiterated, no one is above the law. They're That's going right. all the way to the top for J6. We have super legal lady, Barb McQuaid who's fantastic, who is listening for manslaughter as one of the charges against Donald Trump this week, and for just light comedic fluff, Jen Kirkman. You know, don't underestimate... She's smart, but she's also comedic fluff. Yes. Don't underestimate Barbara McQuaid for her comedic fluff. She had some zingers this week. She also was very funny. Yeah, it was like a Freaky Friday. Barbara McQuaid was very funny, and Jen Kirkman made some fine legal points as well. So, yeah, it was like Freaky Friday. Wow. And it's happy hour on a Friday. Uh Uh-huh. Right. And then she even she tried to write some new lesbian porn for me that just went awry. It, was, it but turned it, out really well. That was very funny. Joke was on me, and that's always funny. Yes. So happy, happy hour. Enjoy. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have, the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform, one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. NetSuite.com slash Miller. NetSuite.com slash Miller. One more time, NetSuite.com slash Miller. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hi, Jen Kirkman. Hi. Hi, Steph. It's so great to be here. Now, just real quick before we begin, Uh because coffee matters. I'm here in Brooklyn where I've made my own coffee. And thank God I'm on Zoom today because... I guess if I was in studio and I'm not Glenn Kirshner, you're not going to make coffee for me. Oh, I'm in there live, scrambling, Listen, getting up at 5 a.m. Gil- sometimes in the dark. I wait in Starbucks where it's just, you know, when I go to Starbucks at 5 a.m., it's people that have been up all night, you they're know, cracked out. You know what's and up? And I get my coffee and bring it to you. I didn't even know you had a coffee maker. Glenn Kirshner. Oh, the lesbian loves to cater to the men, doesn't she? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, listen, doesn't matter what your orientation is. You know what's up, sister. We're in Gilead. The women make coffee for the men, period. That's it. And then shut you're right. our, you know then we you're shut our pie You know, you're right. You're in training. And Glenn Kirshner, he's basically a woman. Like, he's so sensitive and smart. So I'll, I'll let you off the hook this one time. All right, I'll make you coffee next time. Listen. I yeah. just want to talk uh, Havana conspiracy theories with you because you said just the fact that he managed to write something nice makes me think he had her off. Okay, I'm just saying <laughs> the day before he and their kids are supposed to give a deposition for all their criming in New York, I'm just saying. I'm not saying. Well, well here's the thing. I mean, it's, it's such a statement about how crazy our news media is and everything is that we don't even know what to believe and I really was joking. I don't think he had her killed, but I would. The thing is, she wasn't going to be testifying. The kids were. Right. But I could see him doing something stupid, like having someone killed because it oh, would yeah. push the thing back one week. Like he thinks so small <laughs> that he's like, with well, the uh, death, will push it back one Maybe week. Maybe a van will fall. Right. <laughs> like, so it, it's not that I think he actually did, but of course I wouldn't put anything past yeah. him. Well, he's so mobby. Or maybe she threw herself down the stairs because she heard he was announcing his run for president. Who knows? Who knows? Well, she already he already shut her up once with money. You remember that whole thing, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. I'm just saying. But, you know, 70-year-olds fall, especially ones that might be wearing, you know, six-inch heels in the house. Like, it happens. It's not that crazy. Okay. Let's, um, by the way, uh, someone named Clay tweeted, Joe Biden's Justice Department is sending a 69-year-old grandma with breast cancer to prison for 60 days for the trespassing and entering the Capitol on January 6th. Shameful. And you just said, I miss both my nanas. God rest their souls. I'll never forget, whenever either of them were sick, they always still had the energy and made time to storm a government building in a bloody coup attempting murder and the overthrow of the government. So that's, yeah. yeah. I, did I, was that snark? Did I, was that A little bit. I mean, look. I'm sorry that this older woman has breast cancer. I've known a lot of people in my life who've had breast cancer. Yes. And honestly, they never thought that what would be important to them while going through chemo, while right. not knowing if they had much longer to live, was yes. trying to overthrow the government. Right. And I get it. Maybe she was brainwashed. I get it. But B- you, bucket, pay, you do the crime, yeah. you pay the time. Yes. Also, yes, Travis. isn't this the party of personal responsibility? That's right. Apparently. Mm-hmm. Pull yourself up by your boob straps, Grandma. Oh, you know, Jen Kirkman, I that's right on the line. I don't I don't know who the referee is here, but that feels that was very fun. on the line. I will see really. all of these people in hell, I'm positive. All right, well, I uh, yeah. Okay, okay. Also, you tweeted, Wow, New York City is being briefed on what to do in case of nuclear attack. My plan is to have a glass of wine and die. You know, I think that's as good a plan <laughs> as anyone else has. I mean well, yeah, it was so weird. So our mayor, um, started running these ads like a few weeks ago for what to do in case of a nuclear attack. And I guess he said it was because he was really afraid of, you know, Russia responding to um, 
us helping Ukraine, which I mean, I actually didn't know that there was something we could do if we get nuked. Like that to me, I feel like, aren't we just done at that point? Like, am I really going to go live in a school basement and then, you know, come outside and the sun is like in the middle of the road and there's nuclear fallout? I'm with you. I would think of wine pairings. What goes with (laughs) nuclear Armageddon? Those of us who who are Gen X, we watched the day after. We know what happens. There's no happy ending. Well, Ben Affleck is having a happy ending. He's well, married, right? And he's at the end of every disaster movie, isn't he, Jen? He's Oh, that's so true. Right? Wasn't he in and, Armageddon? And Jennifer Lopez an took his name this time. He was so, in Armageddon, yes. Right? Ben Affleck, the, the, he has a happy ending, Chris. He's got to have I one for the rest of us. I can't believe she took his name, but it, yeah, it's did. weird that she took his name. But then again, you're making coffee for a man. So I tell you, the world's crazy. It's Gilead. I'm telling you, it's yeah. Gilead. We've all just submitted to our overlords. Do you like these glasses? Yeah, those are. Did you borrow those from Randy Rainbow? Those are nice. <laughs> They're from um, Sally Jesse Raphael. Oh, yes. oh the okay. Sally Jesse Raphael collection at Sears. <laughs> classy, wow. that's classy. Wow. And your taxi cab coffee cup. Okay, <laughs> woo seven one eight in the house. Okay, what? That's Brooklyn, isn't it? Seven one eight. Yep, seven one eight. Seven one eight in the house. I have a seven one eight T shirt from when I lived in New York. Did you live in Brooklyn? No. Well, then why do you have a someone from shirt? Brooklyn gave it to me, Chris? Do you need to know everything? Jennifer. She's trying to be cool. As your mother would say, Jennifer. <laughs> Jennifer, wait, be careful in Brooklyn. I'm reading a lot of things. <laughs> I love when you invitate your mom. Okay. Um, how is New York? We miss you. Come back to L.A. You're still writing for the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I am. We're on season five. I cannot give you any more details than that, but that will come out next year. When so does it start again? there when does you go. It start? When does it start again? Next year, she just said. Next year. You have next to, year. I don't understand the wait. I'm so Veruca Salty about everything. Justice. I but know. Why it, do I have to wait so long? The for creative process takes time, Stephanie. I want that and morning show back on the air now. Okay. So I'm the same way. I just found out Stranger Things isn't coming back till 2024. I don't know what to do with myself. Right? Is Justice going to come? The kids down? are going to be middle aged by be then. Like 78. Are we yeah. going to have Justice by then? People are saying, okay, <sighs> here's what we started the know. show with. Don't ask me. I'm negative. <laughs> I, which is a good thing in the age of COVID. Yeah. I'm negative. True. No, I'm, I'm, I'm worried that Justice won't come, quote, fast enough. Now, I don't know what I mean by that, and I'm not a lawyer. So. I right. do feel like Trump will run and he'll say that that protects him from getting indicted. And my only worry is that Merrick Garland, being an institutionalist, will say, yeah, there's some kind of gentleman's handshake. I shouldn't do it. That's all I'm worried about. Yeah. Well, OK, I get that. And then on the other hand, they've added more prosecutors at DOJ. They have done raids on Eastman and Clark. So people are like, what are you talking about? The DOJ is obviously investigating. Oh, up, yeah. Up the. But I, but you're they're, right. They're it's, doing it's, something. And then it's another, just the timing. Yeah, mm-hmm. another lawyer wrote and said how long it takes to build a case, especially this big, to make because you can't miss. You can't. You know, that would be the worst thing is he gets acquitted, right? And so I, oh, yeah. but I don't know how long that's supposed to take. You're right. I'm not a lawyer either. Well, I wish that Merrick Garland would. You know how he got on TV and basically said, "We'll investigate no matter how far up it goes." He yep. was basically saying, "Of course we'd investigate Trump." I wish he'd get on TV again and say. And we'll investigate, even if the person's running for president, we can still indict no matter who it is. If he just said that, yeah. that would make me feel better, that he's willing to indict Trump if he's running. That's all I want right. to know. He's, he would say, I'm not talking about anyone specific. I'm just saying, no. if someone were to run for president again, that, yeah. that I mean, orange mother... I mean, if their mother- name is Bronald Brump, still whatever, could- just making up names here. I would like it if he would say that orange mother could still go to prison. Don't oh, 100%. You think? Yeah, something like he that. He probably does... In I his, mean, you know, if you're one of his close friends, that needs a rewrite. I mean, you'd take it do, you know, maybe he wouldn't mention orange, you know, but he would still say mother something, you know, but you'll rewrite it. Right. I'll rewrite. I'll get back to you on that. Yeah. OK. 
with network notes. <laughs> notes. <laughs> the, the network has notes. <laughs> um, that, my favorite network note, Jen Kirkman? What, what? I forget even which canceled TV show that was. Oh, network executives said to me and my uh, head writers, um, do, do you have to make fun of things? That was fantastic. <laughs> that was fantastic. Was that oxygen? No. That was, uh, oh, that show me that funny. happened to you or you read about it? Was no, no, it was something that happened to me. He said directly to us, do you have to make fun of things? And we were like, well, yes, it is comedy. Comedy has to have, uh, you know, targets, things we talk about. Oh, my. Right. Yeah. Do you have a favorite network note, Jen Kirkman? Yeah, I had someone say one time uh, about a show I was pitching about. They, they told me they wanted to have a show that had a lot of friends in it. They're trying to find the new friends. Right. And I had yeah. these like six friends. And the show was about a girl who stops dating at age 40 to be single for a year. And it's supposed to be about her wacky times, like failing at that and, yeah. and you know, whatever. And they said, I love this idea about the single girl. You know, does she have to be single, though? <laughs> that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's sort of the point is that she's always alone at weddings. And, and then that's what's funny about it. And they were like, it sounds sad. I was like, well, trust the writing of a comedian that right. I'll make I'll make it the funny. I won't make it. Sad. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. we're not seeing that show on air anytime soon because they wanted the single girl to not be single. But they love it. They love the idea. <laughs> that's the old joke. How many network executives does it take to screw in a light bulb? Does it have to be a light bulb? Okay. <laughs> See, that's, that's it's so the same. Good. Okay. Okay. My na- my uh, actor, my actor nephew. Um, his favorite note. Uh, he is bisexual, but he was playing a gay character, and the director, because uh, he's studied, has an MBA. He's done, you know, Shakespeare, Shakespeare plus. He's a very mm-hmm. good actor. And MFA. The direct- he has an MFA, Master of Fine Arts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, director came up to him and said, "Yeah, you know what? That was great. We just need a little more of this." And he just did his wrist <gasps> like a limp wrist. He said, "We need a like little, the more, little more." Mister Furley Gay. Yeah, more of that. Yes. Nope little more of that <laughs> i didn't know we were still allowed to talk yeah. like that well, well, we're, we're not really no, we're so no, we are <laughs> not <laughs> but look at we look at we're not saying the guy's name we're not getting him in trouble we totally could <laughs> right exactly okay <laughs> all i want to do steph is get a network executive fired come on make my dream come true <laughs> I'm sure we have a few listening. Exactly. Yeah. All right. 18 minutes after you. Can't tell you how many times we've said something and they're like, oh, that person was listening? Crap. (laughs) We just assume no one's listening. Right. Yeah, because we're in here by ourselves. (laughs) We have no idea anyone else is. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh, hi, Barb. You're what everybody's talking about. You're all the buzz. Good morning. 
<laughs> Good morning, Stephanie. Nice to be with you. Always enjoy that uh, that little uh, ovation your little, there. Your jingle. Yeah. We're sending that directly to MSNBC. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's my walk-up music. There you, there you go. go. Like there you go. players. There you go. Well, we were just talking off air that as a prosecutor, one of the things because we keep saying, "Oh my God, could this hearing be pushed too?" Because you they keep saying more evidence, more bombshell, more witnesses. Um, and we were saying like we're sort of like stop committing crimes so we can wrap this up, yeah. right? I mean, but part of it is a prosecutor is good news for you, right? Yeah, you know, there's so many crimes you can't keep up. They keep committing new ones, right? <laughs> yep. um, no, I think, uh, though, Stephanie, it's a really interesting observation that um, America kind of gets to see in, in the, uh, the light of day. This happens to prosecutors all the time. You think you're close to the end. It's why, you know, supervisors are always saying, when's that investigation going to get wrapped up? And you're like, I think next week. But then next week you put in a witness and they tell you about five more. And you think, shoot, I can't ignore these other five witnesses. They might, number one, tell me something more incriminating, additional crimes, additional evidence, or, you know, exonerating. And that's a part of, that, um, you know, the Justice Department has to worry about, too, which is I, I don't want any surprise witnesses. I don't want any Perry Mason moments where somebody, you know, the courtroom doors burst open and someone walks in and says, I'm the one who did it. You know, you've got to talk to everybody. And so, you know, it, it's what causes delays. Even that when you think you're done, you're usually not done because there's always one more person to talk to. And so um, another important point, though, Stephanie, is knowing when you are done. And yeah. so a good supervisor of prosecutors is like a good kindergarten teacher. You know, like you're doing your finger painting and they keep wanting to add more and more and more. At some point, the teacher has to say, you know what, it's done. I'm going to take this away from you and post it on the wall so you can see it because it looks great. Supervisors need to do that to prosecutors as well because there's always one more witness you want to talk to. <laughs> Have you ever said Colonel Mustard in the library? I didn't. What? Okay. Um, <laughs> didn't expect that. Right, Jody? Um, so everybody's freaking out over the, you know, I guess secret Garland, Merrick Garland memo, right, that is um, cites Barr's demand to flag the AG if the agency is investigating a presidential candidate. Am I wrong not to freak out? Because you know me, I'm prone to freak out. But I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah you're, no one will ever accuse you of not freaking out enough. But thank I you. Think this is not a, thank you. I think this is not a freak out moment. Um, this is really, um, you know, I object to a lot of what William Barr did as attorney general. He did a lot of bad things and wrong things. I don't think it's wrong to say the boss should know if you're going to open an investigation on a political candidate yeah. for president. Um, it, it, you should know yeah. if the, it, you, you could have a prosecutor go off you know, either because they're rogue, but more likely just because, you know, they got excited about something that they see. And the attorney general should know about that. That's all. That's all it yeah. says. So I don't think this is something to freak out about. In fact, I think it's just good management. See, I normally would have freaked out for a half an hour until you got here. <laughs> but I came in, I was already calm. Um, you tweeted, when James 6 committee focuses on White House in action at next week's hearing, this week, I'll be listening for elements of involuntary man manslaughter in Trump's failure to stop the attack, a mission of duty, recklessness, disregard of a risk of which he was aware. This piece of yours is really fascinating. Um, but obviously it's what everybody's talking about because I don't think anyone, you were the first person that brought this up. Um, but it appears to me legally in your case here that we do have all the elements of manslaughter. Can you explain that to us? Um, what's the word, dummies? <laughs> yeah, no, you know, this is um, not something I've heard discussed a lot. And I think when we hear this testimony on Thursday when they're talking about the three hours of inaction, I'll really be listening for evidence of this. It's a fairly simple crime, and this would be involuntary manslaughter. Not that Donald Trump intended for anyone to die that day, but involuntary manslaughter occurs when there's an accidental death caused by someone's own either recklessness or under the federal law, gross negligence. Mm -hmm. um, most of us are only liable for our acts, so, you know, there's vehicular 
homicide, for example, you know, you're driving recklessly and you kill somebody that you could be charged with involuntary manslaughter for that. But certain people in leadership positions can also be charged for their omissions. And so, you know, during 187 minutes, the president has the duty to take care that the laws be faithfully executed, and he serves as the commander-in-chief of our armed forces. So during that time, he could have called up the National Guard. He could have gone out to the briefing room and recorded a, a video statement. He could have sent a tweet asking the crowd to disperse and go home. Eventually he did, and they did go home. Right. But he waited three hours to do that. In, in the meantime, five people died. Predictably, right? We had uh, someone shot because they were trying to enter the, uh, the house chamber. Uh, we had someone trampled to death in the crowd. We had some medical emergencies, and medical professionals couldn't get to them to help. So all of those reasonably foreseeable. So if you can prove omission of a duty, uh, that the president acted with gross negligence, and that his inaction caused these deaths, in fact, you know, that one yeah. was related to the other and was reasonably foreseeable, you could establish manslaughter for Donald Trump's inaction during those three hours. So that's what I'll be listening for on Thursday when we hear about what was going on at the White House while lives were being lost at the Capitol. You made a good point at the end, too. You said charging manslaughter would not prevent DOJ from also charging Trump with other serious crimes if sufficient evidence can be assembled to prove conspiracy to defraud the United States. Uh, conspiracy to obstruction official proceeding or seditious conspiracy, those charges can and should be filed as well to encompass the full scope of his apparent misconduct. And then you, interesting, you said Trump once said he could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and not lose any voters. Can he also cause the deaths of five people and not lose his liberty? Um, that'll be really interesting to see. I, I Do you... It's just, I guess what's hard for people part is we can't see what's going on at the Justice Department. I understand that the raids of Eastman and Jeffrey Clark mean they are investigating up the chain, I would imagine, right? But it's just, the, what to what do you attribute the widespread sort of impatience with the Justice Department? Because I, we all have heard, particularly for a case this big, that it takes time. But I know I get just as frustrated that it feels like nothing's happening. Yeah, and I have been on the uh, other side of this when I served as U.S. attorney and there were crimes that seemed to be occurring in plain daylight and it seemed like there wasn't anything happening because there wasn't anything overtly happening. But an awful lot occurs behind the scenes. And I also think the public doesn't appreciate, just because they've never lived it, uh, you know, what it takes to prove a case beyond a reasonable doubt. You have to prove not only what happened, but you also have to disprove the negative. You have to anticipate any potential defense and make sure that it is airtight. You want to win the case um, you, you don't want to win the battle and lose the war. You want to win the case at trial, and you want to have it upheld on appeal. But I do see some things happening, all of us do, um, that are, are happening that we do know about. As you said, um, DOJ has seized the telephones of John Eastman uh, and Jeffrey Clark. Uh, that's way beyond what happened at the Capitol. That goes to the fake elector scheme. That goes to this effort to reach out to the Georgia legislature and the legislatures of other states to reconvene, to select alternate slates of electors. And that goes to the heart of the plot. I also think one thing that's super interesting, Stephanie, is that um, DOJ is also exploiting the phones and getting cooperation from members of the Oath Keepers and Proud Boys. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is really important because it is a link between Trump and the physical attack on the Capitol. And if you can show that Friends of Stone uh, include members of these Oath Keepers, Stuart Rhodes and Enrique Terrio, whose phones they have exploited, you might be able to connect Trump up to that physical attack, which would allow a charge of seditious conspiracy against Donald Trump. And that is the closest thing we have during peacetime to a crime of treason. It, it, it requires using force wow. to oppose the authority of the United States government. That would be such a serious charge. And it seems like they're looking into it. So. Uh, I know it's hard to be patient when 
you know, the existence of the democracy is at stake. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I, I really do trust that the Justice Department is doing what it should be doing and that if and when we see charges, it will be all the more powerful because Merrick Garland was so circumspect yeah. during the investigation. Yeah. Wow, we have reached the parallel universe. Yeah. Uh, Glenn Kirshner was kind of depressed Friday in studio. Mm-hmm. I am calm, and uh, Barb McQuaid is happy clappy. Something has happened. There's something. There's We're a, back there's on the wor- right timeline. There's, there's a wormhole. <laughs> there's a wormhole in the universe. <laughs> but you were right. You had tweeted after DOJ rejects absolute immunity defense. I think we're about to see a judge order Meadows, Mark Meadows, to testify before the J Six Committee, and that happened, didn't it? So, yeah, um, I don't know that the, that order has come out yet from the court. Has it? I, I have not seen so. that. I thought. Uh, yeah, I I was thinking that was a psychic tweet, but okay. I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I think they will. There is a motion for summary judgment um, yeah. in the Meadows case by the January 6th committee. They have been litigating that in court. Yeah. And I expect that ultimately the judge will file uh, an order uh, demanding that Meadows appear. Now, he may invoke the Fifth Amendment, right, against self-incrimination. But at the very least, he needs to show up and be in the room and answer questions. And I think that that civil lawsuit is a way to get him there. So it could be further extension of these hearings beyond Thursday. Oh, wow. Okay. So Secret Service, we got to talk about because we may see those today. You said what to make of the missing Secret Service texts. Even if replacement phones uh, were planned, how can you fail to know texts from January 6th might be important? You also said if you read beyond the bluster in the Secret Service statement responding to the OIG letter about erasing texts, it's a non-denial denial. It's creating the impression that the requested phones were erased before the OIG request, but that's not what it says. Um, I mean... You know, it, it appears that from all, like, we're going to see them today. I mean, I don't know if you saw this former Secret Service agent on CNN that everybody was talking about. He said, first of all, it's suspicious that they were texting in the first place. They didn't want to be on radio traffic. You know, that they were, why was there texting? He said, um, you may take them off your phone. You may take them off some server, but they exist somewhere in cyberspace. So if the Secret Service can't find them, can't turn them over, or more relevantly is not willing to turn them over, the NSA can get them. And the committee should turn immediately to the NSA to have everything. What's your take on that? Yeah, I don't know that NSA is collecting all the tweets of the Secret Service, but there are for- forensic tools that can be used and have been used in other investigations to recover deleted messages. So um, I think they're likely there. But th- I want to mention that, talk about that non-denial-denial aspect of it. Yeah. It-, it seems that the Secret Service is working very hard to resist turn- 